I've been given the opportunity to speak to you and continuing our whole life series. We can get that slide up, the whole life series for this month of July. And it's such an amazing series because it's about the fruit of the Spirit, all the, all the different fruits of the Spirit um, that we hear about in the book of Galatians. Uh, and uh, man, I'm so excited to continue and um, talk to you about uh, two of our favorite fruits of the Spirit, and that is peace and joy. And trust me, um, there's so many times where I wonder, am I really joyful or is it just a facade, you know? And um, I know writing, coming up with this, with this message tonight, um, I was being corrected myself, you know, am I really joyful? Am I really, do I really have peace, you know, or is it just another facade? Because how many know that we can experience peace and joy here and there, right? And um, sometimes in the back of your mind or there may be a backstory to your life, you know, where it, on the outside it looks like peace and joy, but man, it's, there's like crazy things going on, you know, people passing away, people getting sick, maybe you got in a car accident, maybe you got robbed, maybe this, maybe that, you know, and there could be a, a million different things that are going on in your life that's just tragedy or illness or sadness, you know, and I, I, I know from experience that I've come into church before, uh, putting on this facade that I've got everything under control, there's peace and joy in my life, right? How many of us been there before where sometimes we even go to work and we put on this facade, you know, that everything is just a-okay, but at home or wherever it is, there's this turmoil or something going on, you know, but you hold it back, you know, so that our pride, people don't see, you know, what you're going through, right? So I'm going to start off uh, with joy. Okay, so I kind of I kind of split peace and joy up, and I want to explain to you, to me, and from what the Bible says about joy. Now, would you like to experience deep and enduring joy? And wouldn't you like to be joyful, right? Not to just be a joyful person, right? Like, oh, I'm giddy, I'm happy, I'm always smiling, right? But actually filled with joy, right? Would you like that, right? Not just, not just to be joyful and be giddy and happy, but to be filled with joy. And you can be assured that, yes, you can. And right now, this world is, this world has a, very, uh, is, has a woeful shortage of joy. And you're like, what the heck is woeful? That means very bad, okay? Very bad shortage of joy. And right now, there's a surplus of fear. In, in this world, right? There's fear, there's worry, there's discouragement and depression. And, and how many know that when we receive Christ, man, God took away that depression, God took away that pain, right? Amen? So let me first let you understand the difference between joy and another one that's related to joy, happiness. Those, do, those two do coincide with each other, joyfulness and happiness, okay? Happiness is an emotion, but God never intended for happiness, uh, for us to be in that happiness emotional state all the time, 
Like, it's, it, I think it's impossible to be happy all the time. Now, <laughs> there is, man, I want to tell you guys a story real quick about this lady. She was a client of mine. Her name is Carol, okay? She lives over in the West Hills area, like Thousand Oaks out there, super far, right? I knock on her door, and I already knew this is going to be a tough day because she experienced some, some horrible stuff at her home. Her house had got vandalized, okay? Somebody broke into her house while she was on vacation, and they were, sleep- <laughs> they were sleeping in their house. They're, you know, they broke in. They broke a window. They were eating her food. They were trashing the house. They were breaking cabinets. They even started a small fire in the living room, which burned a bunch of stuff, right? And so I'm thinking, man, I feel so bad for this lady, right? And right away, that's, that's, that I was just going to be like, super sincere, try to be nice so that she can, you know, feel okay about what's going on. She opens the door, and I'm like, she opens the door, hello, hi, I'm Eric from so-and-so company. Great, oh my God, I'm so happy you're here. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from, right? (laughs) And she's like, oh, come in, come in. She's like, can I get you a water? I don't have much, but I have water. Do you want water? I was like, sure, I'll take a water, right? She's like, can you believe what happened to my house? This is insane. And I was like, yeah, I heard the story. And um, she was like, yeah, it's not bothering me, though. You know, I know it's going to get fixed. I know it sucks right now and stuff. And, but she was just so full of joy. She was so giddy. And I was like, even after everything you've been through, you're still giddy, right? And when I was coming up with all this, I was thinking about this lady, and I thought about Ecclesiastic, Ecclesiastes 3, 4. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn there now. Um, this is a, a scripture. It's Ecclesiastes 3, chapter 3, verse 4. This is a scripture that has kind of got me through a lot in my life because, yeah, I've experienced death in the family. I've I experienced homelessness. I've experienced being poor and all these different things. And obviously going through all that, it was tough at the time. And, but now I can look back on it like I've spoken on before and just thank God for putting me through that because it made me the person I am today, which is, man, a servant for his kingdom. And it was only because we went through all that messed upness for a time in our lives that we're to be here today. But in Ecclesiastes 3, 4, it says, there is a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So going back on what God intended for us. He never intended us to always be in that emotional state, right? To always be happy. There has to be time for sadness. There has to be time for little depression, right? Not too much. But let me explain to you real quick with, because there's joy. You know, we can have joy when, when things are going well, when we have good finances, when our bills are paid, when our, you know, our friends are acting right with us, or there's a, you know, you're in a good relationship, or for those that have children, your children are behaving, you know, they're not going all crazy, right? There's, there's joy, right? Um, so let me talk to you about what biblical joy is, and that is the true joy, which comes from filling the spiritual void with good relationships, primarily uh, an intimate relationship with who? The one who is pure joy. Now, who has pure joy? You guys can say it. Go, Danny, say it. Who, who has the purest joy? Not you. <laughs> That's Jesus, our king. He's the one with the purest joy. And Jesus put it this way in John 15, 5. He said, I am the vine, 
you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. That fruit includes much joy, along with all the other, other amazing fruits um, that are included from the Spirit. And I think of fruit. I love fruit, man. Who loves fruit? I love fruit. I love fruit over vegetables. That's just me. I, yeah, I'll eat fruit anytime over vegetables, even if it's with soup, you know. <laughs> I'll have fruit anytime over vegetables. And um, uh, this morning I was at the store, and I and I... And I, get, I like to get snacks now instead of eating McDonald's breakfast because I'm still trying to lose weight here and live longer. And so this morning I went to the store. I was going to get a box of raspberries. And you know what? They were out of raspberries. I was so depressed. I was like, man, this is the only store in this neighborhood, and they don't have my raspberries. And, and I was thinking about how good that fruit is, right? I ingest that fruit, and it does what? It brings me joy because that's my favorite fruit. And... These types of fruit are completely different, obviously, of what we're talking about in this series. But I want to talk to you about God's spirit, because all these fruits come when we receive God's spirit. Amen? So how many of us have God's spirit in our lives? You know you have God's spirit. You've been saved. You've accepted Jesus into your heart. Now, if you don't know what God's spirit is, I, I ask you to pray uh, hear from the Lord, and that's God talking to you and asking to fill them with you. And there'll be a, a, a time later on at the end of today's service that you'll be able to receive Christ into your lives, and, and hopefully that you will receive that Spirit of God in you, um, which includes a lot of things. So let's talk about uh, some joy, some more joy facts. Supreme joy is God's nature and his character. And we, we literally see proof of, of it in God's creations. We are God's creations, right? Um, I, a, a few of God's amazing creations that are here on earth. Uh, you can see it in his creation of birds when they start singing. That's like pure joy when birds start singing. It, sometimes it sounds peaceful, peaceful, but of course, you know, when it's 5 a.m. in the morning and they start going crazy outside your window, you're like, oh, knock it off, birds. And I think of flowers blooming. I think of when a flower blooms, man, it's such an amazing experience if you ever get to see a flower bloom, you know? You, I planted flowers before. I used to do landscaping with my father. And we, we would sometimes do some, some landscaping work for, for our clients. And I remember this one job, man, their grass was super dead. We replaced their sod, right? And um, we put in some new flower beds for them. And it was so amazing to go back a few weeks later and see all these flowers blooming. And at the time, I was like, oh, that's cool. And now I think about it, man, we grew, we helped grow life in that yard for those people, you know? And, and I think of also our sun, our sun's shining, right? Yeah, it's hot. During the summer, it's a hot time. But you know what? If we didn't have the sun, we probably wouldn't be alive right now, right? It'd be super freezing on earth. We'd probably die by tomorrow if the sun turned off. So I think of the sun as such an amazing blessing, an amazing creation that God put in the sky for us to have. And I think of the outside, right? I think many people would be less depressed 
if we spent a little bit more time outside. And it sounds like an old thing. It's like, yeah, put down your phones and, you know, go play outside, you know. We always hear this in, in you know, on, in media and TV now. It's like, stop, stop gluing your face to your cell phone and stuff like that, which, of course, you know, I'm, man, I, I spend too much time on my phone. I was looking at our time, the time I spent on my phone, and last week it was like over 10 hours a day or something like that, which is a lot, right? 10 hours a day. You have 24 hours in a day, and you, you try to sleep for eight of those. So you imagine 10 hours. It's pretty much your whole day that you're, you know, awake if you're not working or whatever it is. And, and so in 1 Timothy 6.17, it says, it says, God, give us richly all things to enjoy. And it's something that we need to enjoy, God's creation here on earth right? We need to see the joy in everything that he's created for us because he created it for us to be alive, to, to find joy in it. And if we constantly uh, are walking around with our heads down like this and walking around, uh, you know, with our face in our phones or our iPads or our watches or, or whatever that is, man, we're never going to experience his joy that he's placed on here on earth for us. And since God is exceedingly joyful, his servants should also be joyful. Amen? You agree with that? His servants should also be joyful because he is the true joyful king. And many who claim to be his servants, to claim, that claim to be his disciples, are most of the time sour or sad. You know? And it's sad. And as Christians... Man, we need to be joyful for life that God has given us. We need to be joyful that we wake up every morning and, and have breath. Because without, without that, man, we're nothing. Amen? But let's take a note from Luke's description of true disciples. And uh, in Acts 13.52, it says, The disciples were, were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. When they, when any time they, and, and this goes for when they received the Holy Spirit for the first time. But you can imagine, I, I can imagine the disciples and I, man, I wish I could walk right next to Jesus like they did, you know. And because I can, you know, I can only imagine that walking next to Jesus is like pure bliss, you know, getting to walk with the king, the, the, the righteous man, you know, the, the perfect person that God sent down for us, right? His amazing son, right? But our unique joy, because all of us have unique joy, and that begins with Christ that lives in us, okay? In Galatians 2.20, when we have an intimate relationship uh, it talks, in Galatians 2.20, it talks about Christ living in us. And when then, when we have that intimate, intimate relationship with the one, uh, in Psalms 43.4, it calls God my exceeding joy. God, my exceeding joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. Which talk, he talks about that in, in Psalm 16.11. There is a fullness of joy. And we used to do the song that, we played out, <laughs> but it was um, Shekinah Glory Come. And I, I'm sure everybody remembers that song. 
And it talks about release the fullness, right? Release the fullness of Shekinah glory. And that's, that's God coming into this place and resting on us like we were singing tonight. Come rest on us, God, you know, as we, as we worship you, as we invite you into this place, right? We're asking him to join us, to, to relieve us of whatever. And that's what midweek is all about. Coming to midweek and spending time with Jesus. I mean, if you don't understand that, I want you to understand that now. That midweek is a time to come, to come get refreshed, to come hear from the Lord uh, between, you know, Monday and Sunday. Midweek is a perfect time for you to come and get connected with God. Um, not just to hear from a word from the preacher, but you really have to make it that time for you to come and receive the spirit and the fullness of joy in your lives. And God's spirit is also a tree of life. And trees, what do they do? They produce life-giving fruit. And that fruit, of course, includes joy, right? Now, Jesus prayed for his followers. Uh, in John 17, 13, he said that they may, be, they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He prayed for his followers. So as us, we are followers of Christ, right? We all call ourselves followers of Christ, right? So he prays that you are just completely filled with joy, with his joy, not with our own joy, but he calls us and he prays for us that we would be filled with his joy. How exciting is that? And one thing he teaches us in, in John 16 is that he also teaches us to pray for joy and for all of our needs. Well, because we all have needs here, right? We all have needs. We all have bills to pay. We all have things that our heart desires, you know. And in John 16, 24, he says, ask and you will, what's the word? Receive, yes. That your joy may be full. Wow. So ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And I, man, I find so much joy in giving of my time. And this past weekend, uh, Pastor Danny mentioned it, that uh, my wife and I went to Fresno and we gave up our time. We took a little road trip up there. And man, that was one of the toughest trips we've ever taken because it was 111 degrees up there. And it was that dry heat. And when the wind came, we're like, oh, bring the wind, God. But you know what? That wind didn't help. It was hot, dry wind. There's just smacking your face, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness, we're in the church, and God bless Remnant Church of Fresno, because they have good AC, thank God, and um, <laughs> if you guys are watching, man, thank you so much for your hospitality at Fresno, you guys are amazing, and uh, if anyone gets a chance to go visit their church, please do, and just like Levi said uh, during offering, that it is more blessed to give than to receive, right, so as we continue to ask God for all this joy, that we, we continue to pray to Jesus, fill us with your joy, remember to spread that joy, okay? Because that's what we're called to do is spread God's gospel, right? To spread the word of God to the cities, to our communities, to our friends and our family, right? And one of the easiest way to do that, I'm gonna plug real quick, these new flyers we got. These are really cool. Um, now, I want to thank the creative team for making these, and um, we have some new, they look like little coasters, but they got our information on it, they got our address and our times and all that, and we also got this new one that just came out, it's got a little, uh, 
uh, QR code in the back so that if you give it to somebody, tell them, scan the QR code, and it'll give them all the information about our church. And um, if you haven't noticed, we've got a little new logo on there, which is really cool. But um, I encourage you today, tonight, before you leave, to grab some of these little cards. It's, it's a, and you don't even have to say anything. You know, we, we go outreaching almost every Saturday and sometimes on Friday nights. And we're going to start passing these little cards out, you know. Um, and we pray and hope that, man, that, that one person that just needs Christ will receive this. And even though it's just a piece of paper, it's a card, man, we pray that when we're out there, as you're, as you're handing it to them, you give it to them with a smile. We, and that pray that that joy, that smile, that, man, just flows onto them and that they receive some sort of little bit of hope that God is with them and Jesus is there for them and he loves them. And, and he does. So I encourage you, grab some of these flyers on your way out tonight. There's stacks of them back there on our info table. So grab some tonight, okay? And I want to switch over to peace, okay? Now, peace and joy go hand in hand. And right, right when I thought about peace, I thought of the Hebrew word for peace, which is shalom. You've all heard that, right? Shalom. And there's... I couldn't believe it when I first heard it, but there's actually six different Hebrew words for the word peace. And I'm not going to go over all six of them because it's a lot of information and we don't have the time for that tonight. But I want to explain to you what uh, the Hebrew room for peace is, and that's shalom. And in the Old Testament, uh, there's two that relate to our modern concept of peace. The other four have to do with holding your peace or keeping quiet. We're not talking about that peace. Because, yeah, we can all say, peace be with you and be quiet. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about is shalom. And the other word is shalem, which is always used in connection with a peace offering, right? And in Hebrew, back in, you know, those days in Hebrew, vowels did not exist like we have vowels today, right? And and so it always used to so the earliest Hebrew, shalom and shalem, would be the same kind of back then. And as languages developed and people started writing new languages and coming up with different versions of the words, um, uh, let's see, uh, ancient, ancient marks called vowels pointers. Now, they were added to words to indicate the vowels. So shalom and shalem became different, the latter always being used in connection with the special offering under the law. And the word shalom in the Old Testament is used 213 different times, which is insane. And so I started going back and I was like, wow, it really is. You know, I started going back to the Old Testament and it's insane how much it is used in that in the Old Testament. 50 or so of them refer to the absence of strife, such as peace peace as, a, as opposed to war. And in Ecclesiastes 3.8, if you want to turn there real quick, Ecclesiastes 3.8, it says there's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And in other 25 different cases, there's so many different cases that we can read about that shalom is used. 
and it's actually, it's even used as like a greeting or a farewell. And we'll, we'll hear a lot of Jews still say this, like shalom, you know, like thank you, or it's like a greeting or see you later type of thing. Um, and the context surrounding the other two thirds imply a peace that is more the lack of war, but rather than a peace of mind. And we all, we all know that all the wars in the, the past, you know, many, many centuries, some of them, <laughs> some of them have finally reached an agreement of peace, okay? And peace is not just about ending a war or shaking hands, pumping fists or whatever like that, or, you know, getting over a bad relationship or, you know, cutting some beef with an old friend, you know, but it's actually a work of righteousness, okay? The law is called the covenant of peace. And they talk about the covenant of peace in the book of Numbers, Psalms, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Malachi. Um, but peace was also, and this is my favorite one, was to characterize the Messiah, who is Jesus, right? When Jesus came down, what did he do? Oh my God, he brought down peace. He brought down joy. He brought down revelation. He brought salvation to all the people in all the land. Amen? So when I think of peace, I think of our great king, Jesus. Now, peace, the word itself steers calming and pleasant thoughts, okay? Now, our hearts, they yearn for peace. They, they yearn for joy, you know? Um, and a common greeting uh, to someone for peace is, yeah, shalom, or another favorite, in the Hawaiian is aloha. That's also means peace, aloha. And Jesus actually used the word in John uh, 20 and 19 through 26. And it was crazy. And I think about our lives, okay? Are you stressed out with life's pressures, you know, and wanting more peace? But are we even, let me ask you this, are we even searching for peace in our lives? Are we searching for that peace that God has blessed us with? He blessed it when we received that Holy Spirit, when we gave our lives to Christ. He gave us peace. But are you constantly, you know, thanking God for him, thanking God for peace? Are you constantly searching for that peace? And most, yeah, we would say yes, that we believe we have peace from God, you know. And I want to talk about real quick, we all know Mark 27, with God, all things are possible, amen? With God, all things are possible. I think about our old church, they used to have that on the back wall, and all things are possible. The Bible, the Bible focuses on three areas of peace. There's a personal peace of mind, okay? Doing what we can to have peace in our relationship with others, and peace among all nations. Now, true peace is, a, is, the true peace of mind is in our inner calm, okay, and is confidence, no matter what the outer circumstance is. At the end of the day, there's always going to be peace. No matter what you're going through, no matter what strife you're, you're dealing with, the greatest key, right, the greatest key to peace 
and to joy is God's spirit. So we're going to talk about God's spirit real quick. And we're going to end shortly. I'm not going to go too much longer because I know it's warm and uh, we got places to be. And, but real quick, we're going to talk about God's spirit. True peace of mind depends on attaining, in Romans 5.1, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've said this over and over. But now in Romans, it's confirmed it that there can be peace with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so what we need to do is begin by humbly turning control over to God. Now, that's tough to do sometimes because of our pride, right? And <laughs> trying to manage our lives on our own generally brings only frustration. And we hear this all the time. When we lean on our understanding, man, things will get frustrated. There, there will be confusion. Yet in 1 Corinthians 14.33, if you want to turn there real quick, 1 Corinthians 4.33 It says, God is not the author of our confusion, but of peace. And we all know that God is the author of our salvation, right? So through his salvation, he wrote into our lives that there will be peace. There will be joy once you accept our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's these two great gifts of God, right? Forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. And righteousness, peace, and joy. And even better, <laughs> those lead to the greatest gift of all. Does anybody know what the greatest gift of all is? No? That's eternal life. God has gave us eternal life. And we should so be thankful for that. That's, that should bring us peace and joy already. That should bring us the happiness, right? is that he has promised us eternal life. That when we go to heaven, man, we're going to be so blessed off our socks. We're going to have everything that our hearts have always desired. We're going to be back to our healthy, best part of ourselves, right? And even better. And most of all, we're going to be reconnected with our lost ones, our loved ones, the ones that are up there already waiting for us. And the hope of eternal life takes away the fear of death, okay? Because no other comfort compares. There is nothing in this world that can compare to what the hope of eternal life can do for you. And that is to take away that fear. So you have to, when you're praying, when you're seeking God, I encourage you to, to thank him and to receive that hope of eternal life. And don't forget it. Don't forget that because we, we are Christians, because we are saved, that we have that given hope. In Galatians, uh, the Apostle Paul is apparently liking uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit to a tree of life. And he says in, in, our, in our main scripture, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, which is the, the whole thing about the whole life. We all know the scripture, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But consider this, okay? Consider carefully the relationship of peace to all the other virtues that come through the Spirit. 
each helps produce and maintain um, all the others. They all back each other up, okay? That's why they're all there. That's why this, there's a Holy Spirit and all these back each other up and back up the Holy Spirit. But also consider the contrast, okay? There's a contrast that the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh, okay? Which is human nature. We all are human, right? We all make mistakes. We're all sinners, okay? None of us are perfect, right? We always hear that. And, and we're not, you know? God's spirit will replace these behaviors, okay? Now, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these down because these, let me count them real quick because I forgot to put the number in, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven different words here, okay? That God will replace with peace, joy, and all the fruits of the spirit. He replaces hatred, contentions, Jealousies, outbursts of worth, of wrath, I'm sorry, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, churn your worth into praise, okay? Churn your worth into praise. He also removes dissensions, heresies, envy, murders drunkenness, revelries, and like that. When you receive that spirit of God in your lives, all this stuff can be completely taken out of your behavior path, okay? And, man, I know there's been times when I've, I've wanted to lash out. You know, we've been through some things, starting Remnant Church, you know, transitioning. There were some times that I didn't want to do it. I didn't, you know, I just wanted to give up. You know what I mean? I was just like, I just wanted to go out and do my own thing, right? Because there was hatred, you know? There was, there was revelry, there was all these things, right? And then there was self-ambition, self okay? Selfish ambitions of me wanting to do my own thing. And I, I remember praying to God and asking him, remove that nasty spirit in my mind. Remove that spirit of giving up, okay? And oh my God, he did, right? Pastor Danny was just talking about last night, if, you, if, you, if you're watching him at conference in Fresno, he was talking about when we started uh, Remnant Church at the park and a lot of us were there and we, we went there not to have a church service, but we went there to go worship and pray, okay? To hear from the Lord, what, what's next? What's next for our lives, right? And that very night, he gave us peace. He gave us joy, right? He gave us this, this new fruit to eat, right, that we hadn't eaten in years. That was me, and I hope that was you too. And, man, I'm so glad that I was able to put all that nastiness, all that, you know, just weird stuff that was going on behind us. And we were able to forget about it. And now I'm able to speak as a changed man, as a changed husband, as a changed worship leader, as a changed musician, you know. I'm able to, man, just thank God that he's able to restore 
faith into my life and restore everything that we had not necessarily lost, but that we kind of forgot about. And so enjoy peace and, in, and, and be a peacemaker. That's what I've tried to do, okay? I, it's sometimes, yeah, of course, like we said, like I said earlier, we're all human. We all make mistakes and we're all going to be crazy sometimes, you know, and speak out. But we are, be, we are called to be peacemakers for God, okay? Peace and harmony come to those who extend it to others, okay? So I encourage you, wherever you are, if you're watching online, man, don't bring up the past. Don't bring up the hate. You only are hurting yourself when you do that. And I encourage you, be a peacemaker. Paul wrote that if it is possible as much as depends on you, leave, live peaceably with all men. That's Romans 12, 18. Matthew 5, 9 says, we are all called to be peacemakers following the example of the supreme peacemaker. So as Christians, what are we, do, or what are we called to do is to follow Christ, right? Be Christ-like. So we are therefore to be peacemakers, to be filled with joy, to express that joy to others, to let others know that God is good, that you don't have to live in sorrow, you don't have to live in pain, you don't have to live with all this, this hopelessness, but know that because God has saved us, man, there is a hope for eternal life, and that should be, man, the best peace and, and, and joy that you could receive. What we need to do is pray that God will make it possible for his people to lead a quiet and peaceable life. So two things I want you to start doing, if you can. This is something I started doing this week. And I slip sometimes, you know, it, it's not always easy, but pray. Number one, pray for peace of mind, okay? And pray for peaceful relationships, okay? Those are the two main things that I encourage you to start doing. Whether it's once a week or every day, pray for peace of mind and pray for peaceful relationships. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Paul beautifully summarizes this, uh, this wonderful subject. If you want to turn to Philippians 4, 6, as we close, and the worship team can come up. Um, in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, now this is the Revised Standard Version, but man, I read this and he does really summarize um, peace. And he says, have no anxiety, anxiety about anything but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can we say amen for that? Amen? Come on, you can be a little louder than that. Amen? That he will keep our hearts and our minds only in Christ, when we pray these things, we pray for that peace of mind into our lives and we pray for peaceful relationships. And as, as I close and as we, don't bow your heads yet, but as we start to close, what I want to share with you is that 
Pastor Danny was just speaking about this recently. And um, it kind of, it made me very emotional and it brought me to tears actually. And I haven't told my wife this yet, but I, I think I kind of did actually. And he mentioned that there needs to be that young person, that young man, that young woman um, that needs to be under a Moses-like figure, right? We need to put ourselves under uh, someone that obviously is experienced in the Word of God. And, and for me, I look up to Pastor Danny for that, right? Um, and I thank him so much for preaching such a true Word of God here at our church. Because Praise Jesus for that. Because there's a lot of churches out there, man. They may be big, they may be doing well, and they may have the best this and that, the biggest beautiful building and all the, the glitz and glamour, right? But, man, a lot of their people are not receiving the true word of God because these pastors are scared that they, if they start speaking the true word of God, right? that they're gonna lose people, right? I wanna be shaken and stirred. I know what's right from wrong and I know what the true God, you know, word of God says. There's so many different things, right? And I appreciate him so much for always bringing the true word of God and I do my best to do the same, you know? I'm not pulling anything from this or that. It's coming from the word of God, from the scriptures, okay? from and even that's why i like to include the hebrew words to help you understand that because remember the bible wasn't written in american english in european english or anything like that it was written in hebrew in you know that original text and all these different crazy languages and it's been so you know water you know washed down for, for all these generations and so i try to even just a little bit, you know, find some sort of Hebrew word that kind of connects us back to the original scriptures that were written down by these amazing men and uh, these amazing apostles and, you know, and, and the words from Christ himself. And so I'm so blessed to find, to finally find, I'm still young. Yeah, I'm 30 years old, but I know I've experienced God. And I know I have truly been blessed because he has filled me with information that I never thought I could retain, right? So if there's some of you out there that may, you know, maybe listening to me, oh, this guy, this kid doesn't know anything. He's only 30. He hasn't experienced life. Oh, trust me, <laughs> I've experienced a lot, okay? I've been a pastor's kid since I was 10. For six strong years, I was a pastor's kid and we went, we went through hell, okay? But man, God only did that, like I said earlier, to bring me to this place now, to be able to speak to you on by seeking him, by talking to him. It's only through him that you could have peace and joy and understand what his spirit is all about. And I finally have connected with that through this sermon. And I'm so blessed and I'm so encouraged to now be able to serve others and encourage others to have peace, to have joy, to have all the fruits of the Spirit, and to most importantly, 
enjoy it through their whole life, like our series is called, The Whole Life, to have a full, dedicated life to Jesus, because that's what he called us to do, is to serve him, to make miracles happen here on earth, right? He's called us, and man, I cannot tell you how many miracles I've experienced. One recently, and my God, it's, it's only by him, it's only by his hand that he, is, he has brought us this far, you know? And I'm just so thankful for his peace and joy. And so if you would all bow your heads and uh, close your eyes, and as we start to pray as a church, as a community, I want you to start praying for peace of mind, peaceful relationships, to start declaring it into your lives right now. And if there's somebody out there that is struggling, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're sad, maybe you're going some, through something that you're just having a hard time with, I want you to know that God is with you. God has peace for your life. God has joy for your life. So if you're out there and you don't have this peace or you don't have this joy or maybe you haven't experienced it yet or maybe you've never accepted Christ into your life, if you're in here in the house of God or if you're online, what I want you to do real quick is repeat this prayer. And it's super short, super simple. I just want you to say, God, I ask you, to fill me with your spirit. Say, Jesus, I accept you and I call you my king and my savior. Say, Father God, I ask for peace. I ask for joy in my life. And say, Father God, I know are with me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that, man, there's angels in heaven, there's people across the world thanking Jesus that you have accepted Christ. Come on, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And if there's anybody here tonight, we could all stand to our feet. We could all stand and continue to pray. If there's someone in this place tonight, struggling or you're going some, through something and you need to find that peace of God or you just need to come up here and talk to God and repent, I encourage you, these altars are open right now as we begin to worship, as we begin to praise Him, come on, don't be shy, you can come to these altars, come repent to Him, come and speak to Him, if you need prayer, we want to pray with you, come up here, we'll pray with you, I believe we have a few workers that want to pray with you want to get connected with you, so come on as we start worshiping.